Well, we're here with Matt Young, one of the race directors for the Hurricane 100K. You know, this is going to be a really exciting podcast. You're going to learn all about the very first 100K in West Virginia. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right, Matt, thanks for coming on, man. Caleb, thank you. How you doing? Doing well, thanks. Well, let's dive into it, man. So, you know, I was looking at your ultra sign up and I saw that you have run 70 over 70 races and you know in the trail and ultra world and i'm sure there's even more that aren't on ultra sign up so how'd you get into the sport of ultra running and you know how did you get hooked to it like you have yeah you know it's it's kind of a funny story i, I listened to your podcast with bob luther and you guys talked a lot about highland sky so my my origin really goes back to highland so you know i grew up in west virginia went to school in kentucky and then i moved to new york for a while and, um, and I met some great friends in New York. I really got into like endurance sports there, mainly doing multi-sports, so duathlons and triathlons, but also um, had a lot of great running friends. And so I moved back here in, in 2006. And the next year, a friend of mine named Garth from New York said, hey, I'm coming to West Virginia for a race. Check this out and see if you know where it is. And he sent me the link to Highland Sky. And I went, do I know where it is, man? We've got a camp like, right at the start. When I say a camp, it's, it's a family hunting camp that my granddaddy built in 1963 that is a two-minute walk from the start of Highland Sky. And he said, why don't you run it with me? He said, 40 miles. And I looked at those trails, man, and I was like, I know those trails. I know of them. I haven't been on all of them, but my family has. I know that terrain. How in the world does anybody run that? No way, but I'll come up there and cheer you on. At that time, I'd done a few marathons or so. And so, my dad and I went up and, uh, and saw Garth, you know, like the night before. And then, you know, six o'clock, right before the race started, we left our camp. And, you know, you kind of feel like you're up there and, and there's nobody around and it's, and it's real remote and it's real quiet. And so we left our camp and made that walk. And I'll never forget crossing that bridge. And um, there's a little bridge that, to get over to the starting line and, and kind of come into this. And I'm like, what in the world? is going on here. There were 150, <laughs> this is only the fourth or fifth year of Highlands, I guess. Uh, 150 people, all ages, shapes, and sizes, you know, men, women. It was, it just blew my mind that that many people did it. And I sat there in awe watching these people take off. And then we went up to the finish line to see him later that day. And I sat on the hillside, you know, where they come down the hill and watching again, just in awe. And I sat there beside a guy um, who had swept and he was a volunteer and he had swept the, the first half of the course. And I was like, man, this is, this is crazy. Uh, I mean, I would love to do it. I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know how in the world I would ever do it. And he said, well, my only advice to you is to not make this your first ultra, do something else like a 50 K first. And I said, well, that's, that's good advice. So and we sat around <laughs> and watched Garth. And again, man, we drove out at 12 hours and I just saw people, pouring through there. And I mean, this isn't, hopefully this isn't like, you know, judgmental, but I'm looking at them at that time going, you know, these, these people don't necessarily, they don't, they don't look like runners, you know, I mean, and, and a lot of them are walking, but you know, what I learned was did anybody, anybody can do this and you just keep moving, even if it's walking. And that is some gnarly terrain up there. And it just blew my mind that people did it. So the next year I ran, um, Ran a Rattlesnake 50K, which is no longer. That was uh, Dennis Hamrick's race for a long time here in Canal State Forest. And mm -hmm. 
great time at that. I actually swept Highlands. I volunteered and swept the first half of Highlands um, that year as a training run for it. And then went back in, in 2009 and, uh, and did my first Highlands guy. And I've done it every year since, even, even in the off years of COVID. Uh, one year I ran it with Bob and our friend John Baldwin. Next year I ran yeah, it with yeah. a few other friends. So, you know, I've got, I've got 12 finishes. That race is, is near and dear to my heart, mainly because of the family heritage, because it's Father's Day weekend. You know, my first race was my, um, it was my, not my first Father's Day, but it was my second with my, my daughter, man. I'll never forget, like, I woke up that next morning just so proud of that <laughs> because I never thought that I would be able to do something like that. And uh, she was in a pack and player, pulled it up in bed, and we just kind of, you know, hung out and snuggled for a while. And that still is like one of my best memories. The other, the other part of this, uh, to that, that first island, you got to watch me because I've got a bunch of stories. <laughs> so I, the race, and we had a room at the, even though we had a camp there, we had a room at the cab at the lodge because I thought well, it would be great just to go back and take a shower and kind of hit the exactly. Camp. My whole family was at our camp too. So um, I drank a Gatorade and had a pepperoni roll after the race and I went up and got in the shower in that heat, man, something did it with all that stuff in my stomach. Oh, I completely no. threw all of that up. So my <laughs> wife hears me, like, you know, just losing, blowing chunks in there. And she comes in and looks in the shower and there's nothing but red Gatorade in the bottom. She thought I was throwing up blood and it was like, I knew you shouldn't have done this. She still swears that I promised her I would only do one and that would be it. So, <laughs> done for you. you know, so if you ask me, I'll, I'll do it the rest of my life, you know, if I can. Um, but that, that's how that's how it got started for me. It was Island Sky, my friend Garth, and and coming down here and you know the the heritage and history of West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy because you know Highland Sky is real. It was my first ultra, and that's what got me started into the you know the ultra scene. Uh, I actually was convinced to run uh, Highland Sky in 2017 by one of my friends who became part of my crew. Uh, at what, what they call med school prom you know I wasn't in med school but my roommates were and they did a quote-unquote date so I went with them and turns out I met a whole lot of cool people and at that that dance I was able to talk to Daniel Crow who had run Frozen Sasquatch that day he ran to my dad who you know talked about me so it's kind of a weird little circle there and uh, he convinced me that night to sign up for the wait list and I got pulled from the wait list and, and ran so the rest yeah, is Highland, yeah, it's a special place. It's that, you know, losing it 20, 2020 and 2021 was really tough, but, you know, having it come back this year made it even more special. I always tell people, I think it's the Super Bowl of West Virginia ultra running. I mean, you know, the yeah. best runner, uh, it's one that everybody wants to do. You want to get into that Dan and Adam have made it such a, such a special race. And again, because it's a destination, all the families there, it really was like a reunion this year. I mean, it was it was so good to be there Friday night, Saturday, just to see everybody and to get everyone back together again. For sure, yeah. And it has that family-like atmosphere where, you know, it, it like you said, it's a family reunion. You come back every year, you see the same people, you meet new people, but, you know, everybody has all these stories about the race, about the course, about how they fall and going down the boar's nest and <laughs> you've gotten lost somewhere. And it, it just makes it even more special, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've done several other races. You know, I was looking through your list and you had like U Rock, you had uh, a lot of local races like Canal Trace, you had, you know, races all over. So, what have you learned from those races? You know, what lessons have you learned, you know, about yourself and as, as an ultra runner? You know, um, 
And that's a great question. I've got like, I've got probably, you know, thousands of things. I, I tell people, see, I, I teach, I teach new runners too. I teach this uh, class called Genesis running and it's primarily, it's, a, it's a couch to 5k. And, and when I'm trying to convince people this is time, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, running long distance for a lot of people, 5k is, you know, is on their bucket list. And, and what I tell them all the time is, you know, when you do this, when you submit yourself to discipline, it will make you better in everything else in your life. And if, and if you don't believe me, just try it, you know, try it and see, you know, we have this culture in our country that we do everything we can to increase our comfort and to decrease our discomfort. And if you don't believe it, ask people, you know, have you ever eaten dinner through a drive through window paying with a credit card? You know, mm-hmm. we have our groceries delivered. We even have our snacks delivered for, for Pete's sake. We can't even go out and buy our own snacks anymore. So we do everything we can to avoid discomfort, and, but that's not the way we're made. It's not the way we're made. I mean, it's certainly not the way our, our ancestors did it. We have, modern technology has made us to where we can make our lives just as comfortable. So when we do this type of running, man, we, this is self-inflicted discomfort. And from that, we learn so much. And so nobody, nobody believes that life is easy. I mean, everybody knows that at times you're gonna face, you're gonna face crisis, you're gonna face hard times, you had better be prepared for it when that happens. And, and this is, you know, even if it's, even if it's something like running and dealing with things, you know, we said before we came on, had a little technical difficulties, man, such as life, you know, you deal with it and, and you move on and you learn how to do those things, you know, and part of in our class, we get ready for this hope run. It's our first 20 minute run. And I'll tell you this, because whether you're running 20 minutes, man, that's a mountain, 40 miles is a mountain, hundred miles. It just depends on, you know, where you're starting from. It's difficult you know, for everybody, but, but I have this, I share this verse with him and it's a Romans five, three through five. And it says, we rejoice in our suffering. Suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint. So the ultimate, the end of that is hope, which is, you know, the confident expectation of good, which is a very good thing. Everybody would like to have hope and be hopeful, but it starts with suffering. So you take something like suffering which we think of as difficult, but it's a progression, right? So it goes from suffering to, from suffering endurance. Endurance is the ability to, you know, continue on in the face of pain or anguish or grief. And then it goes into our character and the character is your moral makeup, it's your fiber. So from the suffering comes endurance, endurance becomes part of who you are. And part of who you are then gives you hope. And, and so that is, all of that is, I just think, when we do all of these things, I mean, the lesson is, and you will be better at everything else in your life by doing this stuff, because you learn from your body under discipline of your mind, your mind under discipline of your spirit. It is hard to do, but you learn that you can do just about anything else in life when it comes time to do it. That was really good. That, that was a sermon right there. You could, you could definitely preach a Sorry. sermon. No, that's good. That's great. I mean, and it's very true. Like in today's world, we have done everything we can to make things easier. Uh, iPhones, for example, you know, everything is so easy. You know, we can check up and see what everybody's doing all at once. Uh, you just had a click of a button. Um, you can do everything in a click of a button, but you can't run 100 miles at a click of a button or 40 miles or 20 minutes. You know, it takes a lot of time and effort, not only in the race itself, but the training in the race for the race. You know, you got to put in the mileage, you got to put in the workouts, you got to go up the hills, you got to do the strength training. And it's something that gets lost in a lot of people because they want it to be easy. They want 
to qualify for Western States on their first try. You know, they want to do all these cool things on the first try. And unfortunately, that's not the case. <laughs> you know, you got to go through a lot of disappointment. And I mean, there's no doubt. And, you know, there's there is the um, there's there's a lot of it that, that everybody loves the races. Right. I mean, everybody wants the finish line. They want the medal. They want the rewards. They want the accolades. The question is how much you're willing to put into it. And will you do it more than once? That's really what makes the difference is can can you do it? Will you continue to do it? And that's where the real lessons come in. It's not just kind of a, you know, a one and done thing um, because we all love the races, but you've, you've got to learn to love the training just as much. And mm -hmm. from that, what, you know, what comes from it, because it does not, we have a thing all the time, man. I say, look, whatever the race is, you know, Highlands or Rimba River or whatever, it ain't going to run itself. So we say, anybody going out tomorrow? Yeah, man, it's not going to run itself. Let's get out there. Just, and it's consistent. Consistency over time is what gets it done. That's the same way in everything in life, man. Doing, doing the unpleasant stuff, making it pleasant, dealing with it, and, uh, and, and it works over time. Yeah. And the stories I love the most are the ones where people have failed and then have come back even stronger. You know, like Jim Walmsley, for example, uh, he failed the first two times at Western States. You know, he made a wrong turn at like mile 90. Uh, his first year he was on pace to break the record and to win and all that stuff he took one wrong turn and it it just blew everything apart and then he still finished he still uh you know got through the finish line but you know he, he came back the next year and then he dnf'd and then the next year after that is when he came in broke the record you know ran really well and then you know you know his story he's gone off and done some amazing things so those are the stories that I like a lot, just seeing people overcome these obstacles. And, you know, they may have failed. They, they may have you know, had a DNF or, you know, not gotten their goal, but ultimately they came back. And that's the thing. They came back, they trained harder, they did, they learned, they became smarter and ultimately achieved that goal. Yeah, you know, if I mean, if you, if you got time for another story, I'll tell you my, my most um, my most formative ultra experiences is from my most um, you know epic failure and and you know and it's I was I like the show alone. You ever watch the show alone? I don't watch much TV, but I love the show alone. Have you ever I don't seen think it? so? Okay, take these people out in the wilderness. Anyways, they they and they leave you alone. It's just basically see how long you can make it. They're all survival experts, so check it out sometime. You know, I don't I don't watch much. That's you know I have a friend that said don't ask. They call me fatty. So don't. Don't ask Fatty anything. He doesn't watch anything like movies because I go to bed so I can get up and run in the morning. So, but they had this great quote and it said that, and I saw it just last night, one thorn of experience is worth a wilderness of warning. Oh, yeah. The words, you have got to experience it for yourself. I never forget that when we got ready to have a, a baby, everybody would give you all this advice. And like, you know, at the end of it, you, you just got to do it. You just got to learn it for yourself. So, my biggest failure, and I'll bring this back to my friend Bob too, another conversation we had was um, 2016. I, in 2015, I ran the West Virginia Trilogy, you know, 93 miles over a weekend. And I thought, okay, this gives me the confidence. I think I can probably do 100 miles. So the next year, I signed up for this race, Burning River. Went up there with two other friends, John Baldwin and, um, and Mary Beth Strickler. And so we were going to maybe run together. And so long story short, man, I got dropped early. Super hot, super humid. And I was miserable. You know, it's one of those, you start at 4 a.m., you catch a bus at 2.30, which means you're up at like 12.45, so you might as well not go to bed. Yeah. Just didn't set up well for me. Anyways, I got to mile 50, and I was like, I'm done, and I hate this, and I don't even care. I told my wife, I don't have it in me. I don't care that I have it in me. 
I don't have to do 100 milers. So <laughs> went over to the race director and that race, you could drop at 50 and they give you a 50 mile finish. Okay. Which is, by the way. Um, so I went over to the race director. He said, dude, I saw you come in. You're just fine. He said, you could walk this and finish it. And he saw my face. And he's like, you don't want to walk it, do you? And I was like, no way. I don't want to walk this thing for 50 miles. He said, go to your take a nap, come back and see me. I had plenty of time to do it. So uh, I went to my, went to our car tuner in the AC, took a nap for like an hour, got out and it was even hotter because I'd been in the AC and I said, no way. So, but at that time, my daughter, Caroline, she was eight years old, man. She was so excited for this race. for me. She was so excited. And so I called her and I said, Caroline, daddy's not going to make it. I'm, I'm going to have to drop. And I said, is that okay? I was asking my eight-year-old's permission to do this. <laughs> yeah. So and she said, it's okay, daddy, do whatever you need to do. Now, if you could see me now, I get teared up every time I tell this story. So my wife, actually, she had talked me into going, going back out. And so I went out for just a little bit and, and I walked across the bridge and the guy said to me, you've already dropped your pacer. And I didn't have a pacer. And that hit me like a ton of bricks too. It's like, I've got another 50 miles to do mine. I don't know why I didn't. I think it was part ignorance, part arrogance, and part naivety that I didn't have a pacer lined up, but I didn't have anybody to go with me. And I was like, I'm not doing this without somebody else. So I turned around and ran back to the car before she could leave. So she, we finally, I decided to quit. Um, stopped at McDonald's, had a quarter pounder and fries. Went back to the hotel, took a nap, went out and had a nice dinner. We even went to a movie. The whole time I'm thinking, man, this was the best decision I've ever made. This is like, this is so much better than being out there roasting and running. Yeah. So did all that and thinking I made a great decision. Our hotel room was right by the finish line. I woke up the next morning and I could hear the cheers of everybody else that had, that had stuck it through the night. And dude, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me like a ton of bricks that I quit. I went out to the finish line. I saw my two other friends. I listened to their stories. And I'm not kidding. I, like, I was in and out of crying for the next three days. I have never, never forgotten voluntarily bowing out of that race. Now, I've, I've DNF two races. One was the very first KT before they had it marked. We got way off course. Somebody found us in a car and brought us back. And I realized like a ride in a car. I don't think that's legal. So I ended up going out of that. Uh, and then one other that I just missed the cutoff and it was out West had some altitude issues. So, but I have never, at that point, I was perfectly fine. I just mentally gave up and I have regretted it ever since that's in 2016. So I had this conversation with, with Bob Luther. We're getting ready for Perimeter River several years later. You know, everybody talks about Caleb, they talk about your why, like, why do you do this? You have to have your reason, your motivation. And, and I still say, I'm not exactly sure why I just can tell you that I love it. I love to do it. It fits. It's part of who I am now. It's just, it's part of my character. So I love to do it. But knowing like what drives you is one thing, but you, you also have to have a fear of failure. You have to have a strong fear of failure. And if you've never failed, you really don't understand what that is. So now I know what it feels like. I will never voluntarily pull myself out of a race again. I know never is a strong word, but after doing it, I may be pulled from a course. That's one thing. I will never pull myself out of a race again. My biggest failure is my biggest formative moment in the sport. Nice. That was really powerful. Man, so you have all this experience, you know, now from these races. 
you know how much it means to the runners. Uh, you know, being a runner yourself, you know how important it is to cross that finish line. Just because, like you said, you know, if you don't, you know, you're going to have that feeling of regret of like, why didn't I just push a little bit harder, push a little bit longer? So now you have the opportunity to give that opportunity to other people, you know, as a co-race director um, for the first 100K in West Virginia. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, yeah. You know, so what lessons have you learned from other races that you want to implement into your race? You know, the Hurricane 100K. Yeah, man, we want this to be, I mean, I want this to be a family event. We really want it to be a community event. So it's really kind of two aspects of this. One is that solo runner. You know, I, I love loop courses. At, at Meeks Mountain Trails, we're about 23 miles of trails now. All him built, great, but we can't, so of course we can't do a contiguous 100K course. But I love the loop course. I've done several of those. And the fact that you can come back, you can see your crew, you can see your family. You can have all of your own stuff there, too. I think it's a great way to run a race. Plus, in my mind, the way I am, I love to tick stuff off. So every loop is another loop closer. So in you know, those first few, you're kind of climbing up, and then you're counting your way down. And that works That works really well. So we're going to have it set up. And you've been back there, too, man. We've got this great bowl. We have a shelter that's going to be kind of our command center. The runner's going to come in there. There's going to be their aid station. They're also going to have crew that's available with tents. Get all of their stuff there. We want the families hanging out. We've got spectator spots. They can go out and see the runners. You know, just a short walk from where the you know the the start and finish and that main crew station is. They'll be able to walk up and see the runners at a couple of different spots. We want families coming. We have the Hurricane Spray Park that's going to be open um, for kids during that day, just for our runners and just for their families. At night, man, we're going to have fires um, with s'mores and hopefully a movie after dark ice cream, bluegrass, pizza, man, all that stuff flowing. We want, and especially since we're doing a relay, we're going to have teams there, people just kind of hanging out, waiting for the runners to come in, want it to be a fun run, want it to be a challenge, want it to be something that just busts people up. But that's why we do this stuff. And we're there as a community watching the whole thing unfold. So this is really intended to be, I mean, a, a big challenge, but a big community with tons of support behind it. Awesome. So, you know, this is your first year. It's a first year event. Now, what's your vision for this race? Like, where do you want to see it go in the next five years, 10 years? And I, I want people to say, are you going back to Hurricane this year? Are you going back to Hurricane? That, that families make the runners come back because they had so much fun. You know, I'd love to see. I'm not sure how many people we can handle. You know, a couple of hundred. I don't expect it to be a five or six hundred person race. Love to see 200 people in it, and I would love to be something that people just mark on their calendars and they come back because it's something they want to do every year. And if they can't do the whole 100K, we've got the relay. You can do 20 miles. You've done 100K before. You can stick it out for 20 miles. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, okay, you know the trails. I've run them before as well. How many people do you think the trails can handle at one time, especially with having, like, the relay teams and then having people running the 100K, you know, if you have a thousand people, it's going to be a little, you know, just passing people the whole time type of ordeal. Yeah. Uh, but we want to show it off to the world. You know, it's there are definitely great, uh, great trail systems. So I was just curious, you know, how many people do you think it can handle? I think a couple hundred is is easy, and then we can go from there. But you know, on a ten mile loop, um, you know, when we do the we did the crush run, 
we had about 180 out there on the 13 mile. Certainly wasn't crowded. Everybody spread out. And once you get them going through, and let's face it, I mean, I hope everybody does it. But we're going to have people that, you know, after eight and a half hours, uh, we're going to have some people that are done. Yeah. And relay teams that are done. And so I think the 200 is a great place to start. And then I would like to see how it goes. Um, look, man, we'll have 300 people out there on a weekend now. And so, and that's not too crowded. Of course, they're spread out over, over a while too, but uh, 200, 250, maybe 300. I don't know if it's that kind of an event um, or not, but I'd, I'd love to see a couple hundred and then maybe build up to 250. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I think I can handle that much as well. And it, like you said, there will be, you know, some people drop out, you know, throughout the course just because it's really tempting that with it being a loop course, you know, you're going to be reminded where the finish line is every single loop. And there's an yeah. opportunity to drop at, you know, every single loop. So that'll be another challenge. Well, they're not going to get by that easy, man. I'm going to be there watching everybody, too. You're not going to quit that, that <laughs> easy. And the great thing is, man, there is only one cutoff. And that cutoff is you've got to start your last loop by 9 o'clock. You can't go past 9 o'clock. So, okay. you know, if, if, you haven't, if you haven't really, I mean, if you're on um, anything less than your fifth loop or coming into sixth loop before 9 o'clock, you're not going to make it. That's an 18-hour cutoff. Other than yeah. that, got all day just keep going until we have to pull you if that's the case but they're, they're not going to get off that easy um you know everybody's getting a pep talk when they come <laughs> good good you know we've done a couple of those too like holland was that way um sasquatch is that way you have to do two loops and you know this one thing like if you're not planning on it it's it's just like this Caleb. I mean, you know you, you can run a 5k and you can be completely gassed and you can run a 50k and you can be completely gassed and what's the difference just a little bit longer. <laughs> it's your pace and your effort, you know? I mean, so, yeah. you know, if you're coming in and you know you have more loops to do, your, your mind should be that way. If, but people all the time coming in like Holland, you know, they've, they, only, they were doing one loop. I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't have to do another loop. I'm so glad. But I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm planning on it. So it doesn't bother me. I've already got it in my head that that's what we're doing. And it's the same thing. Just get it in your head. You're doing six loops of this thing and you just keep going. And if you have to walk some, Walking. That's one lesson that you do learn, man. There are highs and lows, and you can come out of those things. You can come out of the lows, and it just takes a little time, food, um, typically hydration, and some walking, and you get right back there too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You, know, this is this would be my first loop course. You know, this, I mean, not, frozen Sasquatch is a loop course, yeah, but two loops of fifty k is a lot different than you know six ten mile loops. Yeah. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing. And one thing that I think will be another challenge um, that we haven't talked about yet is just the heat and humidity being in September. You know, I think that's going to be a very unique type of race because there's not a whole lot of 100Ks and 100Milers in, you know, the early or late fall or late summer, early fall, you know, time period. You got grindstone, you got you know, the, the big ones up in the mountains, but, you know, those are completely different. So this is going to be a fun one, I think. Well, I mean, we're, we're planning on pl- plenty of water and plenty of ice. I mean, you know, and, and, and the good thing is, too, you'll have just five miles between each aid station. So carry what you need, stay, hyd- dehy- or stay hydrated. Dehydration is the number one cause of nausea anyways. So if you lose your stomach, you're typically because you're dehydrated. And so, you know, stop, slow down, drink a ton. You should be peeing every couple hours, but you we'll we'll try we'll keep you hydrated, we'll keep you cool as much as we can with that. And then also, you know, you just adjust your effort accordingly too. So 
you know, the good thing is, I mean, you know, when I look at this field, man, there are some, what I think of, there's a handful of you ringers out there, um, you know, and so, but dude, you can blow up, you know, if you go out too hard, too early, when it's hot, you can blow up. So it's, there's no given on anybody for these races. And that's the other thing you learn too, just like you mentioned with Jim Walton's like, dude, he was, he was a hands down favorite and it took, you know, two years to figure it out, had that enormous lead, got off course and the other one just blew up. So, you know, mind yourself, you know, we have a saying in our, in our running, I teach my new runners, it's called easy start, strong finish, man. How many, you go to like five K's and you see people look like they've been shot out of a cannon. Like they're sitting a three mile run. This is a 40 yard dash and a mile later to reduce the walking. So, and we work on easing into this thing, man, ease into it, get warmed up. You start on two of the harder trails that we have, and then you'll be working your way up on the first five miles and then basically be rolling your way back down. So everybody's going to learn to ease into this course, take it easy, walk those hills if you have to. I'm, not, I'm talking about like the mere mortals, you know, I mean, you guys may run the entire thing, every step, but it's all single track, just relentless kind of hills, nothing huge, but just keep at it, keep persistent. And don't be afraid to walk those either. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I um, think so. So, you know, the Meeks trails, they've been around now for what, a couple of years, you know, two or three. Um, but it's just really cool seeing like the community get so involved with the trails. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, we had the Taste Valley Park and we had the sidewalk and that's what we ran. And they, they were really good. You know, I really appreciated the Taste Valley Park trails, but like it would have been so cool to have this 23 mile trail system oh, yeah. back whenever I was running um just it's just amazing I, you, you see mountain bikers out there all the time you see runners you see hikers i mean you see a little bit of everything up there uh so how big is the impact that these trails have on the community and this race like how big is the, the race going to be for the community yeah you know i, I think the um let's start with the trails because and caleb i don't i don't even know i don't think that we'll ever really know the full impact and i don't think that we can quantify but i'll I'll tell you anecdotally, again, I mentioned earlier, I mean, there, there've been times you have some cameras, they'll be on, on a nice day, 350 people up there. And so this is right out your, your, you know, your front door. Um, so easy to get to and accessible. And we hear stories all the time. A lot of them come to Brandon and Dorner. Um, but a lot of us have heard them about, you know, and again, it can, it's, it sounds like you're overstating it, but life changed. Like people that have gone through, People have gone through divorces and it's been it's been a haven for them. People that have lost loved ones and it's been a haven. People that have been addicts um, and and you know between the trails and the build and finding a sport, something else to pour themselves into because it's there and it's accessible. They can be there in five minutes. It has it has completely and totally changed their life in a lot of ways. You know, saved their lives too. We see it all the time in the health that that gets improved too. So for our community being right here, right behind City Park, I don't think we can really quantify it. And it, and it was just gonna go on and on and on, especially since, you know, I mean, it's been, so Brandon started, I think at the end of 2018, doing the first trail kind of went public with it. My first build, there were like seven of us there and that was early in 2020. COVID, mm -hmm. a huge boost to the trails. People don't have any much else to do, but now, I mean, we have seen over 350 unique individuals come out to build 13,000 volunteer hours going into building these trails. And that's all done by hand. There's like one, one machine, uh, one or two machine built. That's our downhill stuff. 
everything else is done by hand. And even that, the community comes from that. Those builds are like big parties now too. People get together. Friendships have been created through that. Just these bonds that are probably going to last so many of them for a lifetime. You know, we are, we're made for community. We're not made, um, you know, for, for this, um, you know, solo life to be isolated. And these trails have brought people together. You know, we did our first, our first race there was the crush run and it was a half marathon and 5k in February. Tremendous turnout for that. You know, for the community, the business pour out. And if you go to our website at, at uh, meeksmountaintrails.org and then um, the 100K, and we have a ton of businesses and it's, it's easy getting those sponsors. All we have to do is say, here's what we're doing. They say, we love it. We love the trails. We want to participate in it. And they, and they give money for it too. And so we've been blessed with out, outstanding sponsors, not just our title sponsor in the city of Hurricane that put up the prize money, $7,500 and Scott Edwards and his crew, but Little Caesars, you know, sponsoring both of our races, giving us all the pizza that we can stand. They're great community um, um, participants too and supporters. So what's happening in the community around these trails has just really been pretty remarkable. And you think trails through the woods, how could it do that? But I think it gets back to kind of what we're made for. You know, we're, we're not made to sit around and stare at TVs and phones all the time. Like we feel the most alive when we're we're out in, in nature, kind of seeing the things that way, the, the way that things are, are, are kind of supposed to work, watching the seasons change, just being outside with sunshine, and sometimes, often, even alone in that, too, to get to, you know, some time to your thoughts, too. I mean, it's one of the reasons, I think, for anybody that's a long-distance runner, I mean, you've got, you've got to enjoy some time on your own, um, and it's great for me, too. So, yeah, that, what it's done for our community has been has been outstanding. And if, you know, if, if you don't believe it, think I'm overdoing it, <clears throat> go out and try and see. I know yeah. you don't. <laughs> no, it's, it's evident. And I like, I followed the Facebook group. So I've been <clears throat> watching, you know, these people come together to build these trails. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we're made for community. We're made and we're, we're made for things to be hard. You know, making a trail is not easy work. You know, you take your shovels, your hose, your whatever, you got rakes, and it's it's laborious. You know, you're going out there and you're working for hours and hours. Like you said, 1,300 hours. So, but there's something fulfilling with that. And then whenever you get to run or bike on the trail that you created, that that's a special feeling. You know, we've talked about it on your podcast a couple, well, a month ago now, but like, just taking the pride. I think the whole community has pride in this trail because it's something they created. You know, it wasn't some already made whenever, you know, people have come in. It wasn't something the state built. It The community built it. And I think that's the coolest part about the trails and about this race too. You know, the race is just showing off the work that the community of Hurricane West Virginia created. And I love that. Yeah. So, you know, contrastingly, how big is the support for the race from the community? You know, you've talked about the sponsors, you talked about the city of Hurricane, you know, providing the prize purse and, but like what other, what other stuff are the community doing for this race? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's been good. We've got uh, the convention and visitors bureau that's going to have, um, you know, we're going to have signs out for the runners as they come in. We've got local business support too, for, you know, some discounts. We're getting all of that lined up, but we very rarely hear a no. I mean, you know, whatever you ask people to do, they're going to do. And, and especially if there's some connection, you know, to the trail too. 
So the community has been out, you know, has been outstandingly supportive. And, you know, I hope that it gets even more, you know, we're getting ready to put up a banner and we'll have it up for about 90 days. What I hope people also look at and go, 100K, what is, it's kind of like I did with Highlands, you know, the first time you hear about this long stuff, you go, what in the world, who does that? And I hope they come up and watch, like, what's going on back there? Um, come back and check it out, get a piece of pizza, have some ice cream, and watch these crazy freaking runners, man, not only from your community, but from hopefully from all over the place. I mean, part of the reason we're doing this is that, and I have this personal belief that the longer the race, the further I'll travel. And, and we yeah. don't have 100 Ks around here. I mean, you know, um, Brian's doing one, which is great. I think it's, I think it's awesome. We have 200 Ks in West Virginia, you know, next year, but 100 K is a great distance. We don't have anything with prize money. We wanted to do something unique that was hopefully going to bring people from, you know, four and five hours away into our community. You know, the trails we hope are going to be both a wellness driver and an economic driver. And they have been. We've seen businesses that have started. We've got a brand new bike shop right next door. Mm -hmm. Restaurants popping up across the street. We can name a number of things that have come up. And so we want it to be an economic and wellness driver. And we know that also when one runner comes to 100K, they typically bring at least two more people with them. And with this, you're going to have to spend the night the night before. You may be able to drive home. Most likely, you're going to be spending two nights if you're at least three or four hours away. Staying in our hotels, eating our food, buying our gas, all of this stuff is so good for our community. And then we, again, we want them to come back. So we have a video coming out. And, you know, it's kind of like we, we say hurricane. Hopefully, people listen. Everybody else would pronounce it hurricane. But <laughs> yeah, it's all about welcome to hurricane. We, when we sh they show up, man, it's like, a, you know, give them a big bear hug. We're glad you're here. And I've been to races where they, you kind of feel like they're doing you a favor, you know, by, by letting you be there. And, you know, I want these people to know that they're loved and appreciated when they show up for our race, too. And, and our community feels that same way. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome to have a lot of people come to watch. I mean, races are fun, especially races where you can, you're accessible to the crew stops. That's the best part. You know, some of my favorite uh, memories about racing, besides being at the race itself, uh, was crewing like Brandon Perry at Grindstone. You know, it was so much fun going to each aid station, you know, aid station hopping per se with Bob Luther and Holly and Swan. And just seeing the excitement whenever the first couple of runners come by and then seeing the excitement whenever you see your runner, you know, come in and then being able to pace them, you know, that it was just a really cool experience. So if we have a lot of people down, you know, you probably won't be able to go up to the uh, other aid station as well, but the main one, the hub where the start and finish line is, that you can fit a lot of people there and that's going to be a really cool experience. You know, tell them a little bit more about that aid station because I know you've told me about where you're having a shelter there and having fires and having uh, like, t you know, crew tents. You can kind of explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the idea. We call it the bolts, a huge, huge open area. So, you know, the main command center is going to be there. And so we are playing, that's you know, one of the questions about live tracking, man, we're, we're going to have like keep a, a leaderboard coming through there, but it's going to be old school and like a, you know, flip chart. And when we're done, we're going to flip it over and we can see kind of progress and, and mm -hmm. how that's going throughout the day. Um, and, but so there, you know, the, the runners will be able to come through and what's awesome. We kind of going back to what you said, my, you know, a couple or, a few times my wife has done this race yeti it's over on uh, the virginia creeper trail and so yeah yeah you basically just uh, leapfrog and see her several times and what ends up happening is not only do you see her you see the same runners and you see the runner's crew and by the end of it you're all like you know friends you're having conversations how's your runner doing what are you guys up to and it's it's almost like um 
you know, it, it's kind of like this joint experience, how, how it fosters, again, you know, community from that too. And you get to be friends with people after like a day, just because you're there sharing those, those same experiences. So that's what we want is we, we want the, um, you know, that, that whole area there between, you know, having us have an aid for you all. And we're talking cold, you know, and hot food and all the good stuff through there, but also your crew having anything else special that you want, you know, 10 areas. So the, um, you know, the relay teams can set up a tent. They can lounge throughout the day. Um, their families can come in. So we've got all of that going too. And again, we're going to have, you know, some campfires, s'mores ready for the kids and, and the adults, hopefully a movie after dark, have all that, that plan too. Um, some great bluegrass music for a few hours in the afternoon, trying to figure out the meat of that, you know, of the day when most people will be through there and, and finishing up. And then, you know, all the, all the hot and ready pizzas you can stand from our friends at, at Little Caesars. So, and then from right, you know, from there, you're going to be, you know, a quarter mile away from walking up and seeing one spot where you can see runners coming back into the bowl for their um, back to the start finish and then kind of finishing up on on that, um, what we call Captain G's, which is the first trail. So there'll be one spot there where you can see runners coming and going. And you mentioned it too, like since if, if we have, you know, someday, however many runners we end up having, the fact that it's loop, there'll be action coming through that bowl all the time, which I yeah. think is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so will uh, crew be available to go to the other aid station at mile five? Yeah, if they want to, if they want to hike up there, um, yeah. you know, there's, there's no driving up there. Only, only the um, A station workers can drive up there, but um, they can, they can go up there too, if they want. Absolutely. And it's really, to be perfectly honest, it's not that far. It's probably less than a mile as the crow flies. It'll be mile five for you all, but less than a mile as the crow flies. It's yeah. Very, it's at the high point of the race up on that is he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there access from the gravel road? I know a lot of mountain bikers uh, kind of, they have their little command center up top there uh, by the radio tower, I think, somewhere around there. Is that available? I'm just trying to think of like- Oh yeah, yeah, they can, they can drive there and park there. And that's, and then, so they'll be coming off of Kudlak onto Young Run and Young Run is, is uh, probably the second to last trail. So at that point, you're right around mile eight and a half to nine. They could drive up and be at that spot too. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, just yeah. trying to get an idea, you know, for crew and for uh, family members who may want to watch and you know other people. Um, it just reminds me. So I, I was able to watch the live coverage of Western States this past weekend, and it was just the coolest thing ever. Being able to watch these runners throughout the whole entire day. Uh, you know, you see people, you know, have really high moments, really low moments, and they come out through that. Um, and then later after the, the leaders finish, you get to see, you know, a lot of the more normal runners uh, come through later in the night, early in the morning. And then they have a golden hour, uh, which probably is the most exciting hour in ultra running where you see these people chasing after uh, the finish line under the cutoff. You know, and I'm expecting we'll probably have that same thing uh, this year at the 100K, Hurricane 100K, that golden hour. It was at 9 p.m. or is it later? No, it's hours. midnight, midnight. So we've got an 18 hour cutoff for this thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And there'll be people that'll, they'll be pushing that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there always are. So uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. And we're going to be there for them too. So that's going to be really fun. All right. Well, um, let's see. Let's talk about the course itself. You know, it's, uh, it's about a thousand feet per loop. You know, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less beyond people's GPSs. How would you describe it? You know, is it 
super technical? Is it really big climbs or is it just rolly the whole way? Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's about 1500 feet per loop. So you're gonna have about 9,000 feet of, of elevation change. And, you know, I always say, look, if I was running this, if I was running one loop, I could, I could run the whole thing. Um, you know, I might, if it was a 10 mile race, I would probably run the whole thing. Uh, the way it is, because it's not, it's not crazy difficult. I think our biggest elevation change, Caleb and Hill is probably 200 feet, 250. Mm -hmm. And that's coming into that last aid station. It's kind of straight up. So it's, it's a little steeper for the most part, you know, it's rolling. We have stuff that I think, especially in that first trail, Captain G's covered in ferns right now, man, it looks like somewhere like some you're in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and then you get up on our most technical trail is Wegmans. Uh, and it's just kind of, you know, up, down, uh, and, and, but nothing crazy technical. There's nothing real crazy, rocky, rooty for the most part. You know, these are, these are trails are made to run on and made to bike on, but they just roll. You're going to spend your first five miles rolling uphill, your second five miles rolling downhill. Uh, but all in all, you know, just because it is 100% teetotally single track, I think it's going to be relentless. And so yeah. it's not going to be any time where you can, you've got the road miles where you can just zone out and cruise. You're going to have to be paying attention all the time and be on your guard for you know, your footing and for the effort that you're putting out too. Yeah, that's something I noticed as well, because I really like having road sections where I can kind of open it up and kind of zone out and just kind of get in a groove. There is no groove at this race. You're always going up, going down, turning, you know, going around a rock, which that's going to be a really cool component and really exciting. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the aid station itself. You know, what kind of nutrition can these runners expect? What kind of hydration, um, what food options are going to be available and stuff like that? Yeah, so we're going to have, you know, just kind of your, your typical ultra fare. We're going to have plenty of, plenty of water and quite honestly, probably do Gatorade because it's the easiest thing for people to train with. I, I've, I'm a firm believer in consistency. So, you know, you, you race the way that you train. So if we have some kind of, you know, different um sports drink that other people have you know, maybe never used um you know I, it's just kind of a you don't want to try that out the first time and so mm -hmm. stick with Gatorade if you want something else man that's that's the awesome thing about having crew and having drop bags there you can you can have your own drink while plenty of water you can mix your own there too but um and so planning on on some hot stuff some quesadillas and pancakes um noodles and uh and broth that'll be out there too and then you know, pretzels, chips, cookies, gummies, you, you name it, that sort of thing. We'll have right there at the mile, uh, all of the hot and cold at the start and finish. And then out on course, plenty of water, plenty of Gatorade. And it's probably just going to be the, the cold stuff. I don't think we're going to have to deal with, with being cold at that race. I think it's either no. going to be warm or, or hopefully comfortable. Um, but, you know, you, you'll have your dry stuff there again, cookies, pretzels, chips, you know, gummies, all that good stuff too. So that's, that's the plan for that. And, and we'll have pizza there too. So if pizza's your thing in the middle of a race, which, you know, it, it may very well be, then you go for it. But again, one of the good things is, is that you'll have your drop bag and your crew every, you know, every time you come through that loop. And so whatever you want specific, bring it and do it. You know, the past couple of years, um, I've run this uh, Cape and 12 hour challenge and it's a loop course. It's a great race up in Berkeley Springs, mm -hmm. super hot. And because of COVID, it, it had to be self-crewed. So I went up with a, a friend of mine, Cody, and, and um, you know, we basically, we, we come each of those loops, have everything kind of set up, ready to go with all our own stuff. And, 
you know, it takes a little bit longer, you know, to do that, especially on your own. But if you have crew, it doesn't. But, you know, you can name it. We had we had everything we liked, you know, including uh, watermelon, tons of watermelon. Too. Yeah. So, you know, if, if if you have something specific that you absolutely love, we'll have a list of all that stuff you're ready for people too. But something you absolutely love, bring it. There'll be plenty of room for it. You can set up and knock yourself out. Awesome. But it's funny too, because you, you don't really see a whole lot of races nowadays with the hot food options, which is, you know, great that you guys have them. Um, because I remember at Rim to River, especially the first year, broth and mashed potatoes saved my life. Uh, I never really thought I would ever use that, you know, or eat that in a, in a hundred miler, but just the body craves certain things and that, that did it for me. Um, yeah. you know, and even la I mean, last year as well, it was a little bit cooler. So it made more sense, but that first year was pretty warm. It was in the seventies yeah. for most of the day. And, you know, it didn't really matter how hot it was. I just needed something salty, something that had substance, you know, that didn't mess up my stomach and that was it. So love that. Yeah. Now we'll be eating a pizza afterwards. That's for sure. Uh, maybe not oh. during, but afterwards I have a whole box. If that's okay. Take a whole box of pizza, man. Yeah. You, you will have plenty of it. We, we, we will not, we won't run out. If we do, it'll be, you know, Little Caesars is five minutes away. We're just going to have a shuttle of pizza running all day. Yeah. Awesome. Better, since we start at 6 a.m., you know, you're going to have legs of runners, you know, in the relay that may be done, you know, 11, 11.30, you know, something like that. 10, actually, I'm saying four hours, 9.30, 10. So as soon as Little Caesars opens, we plan on having pizza there waiting on people too. There we go. Nice. Okay, so, and you, you've already talked about it a little bit, but the prize purse seems to be one of the biggest draws to this race, because you don't see a whole lot of races offering up that much money. So, yeah, talk a little bit more about that and how the City of Hurricane was, you know, uh, able to donate that and uh, you know, what it means to these runners. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's something that... Um... It, a lot of that comes from, you know, we, we are a mix at, at Mixed Mountain Trails of, of runners and mountain bikers primarily, and um, prize money is more in the, in the mountain biking community. So when Brandon brought it up, I was like, dude, let's do it. There's not, I don't know of, and maybe you do, I don't know of another race in West Virginia that has prize money. Charleston Distance Run used to, but I don't know of another race that has it. Do you know of any? Not a trail race. Um, I think a couple of the road races, like maybe the Clarksburg 10K might yeah. and then the Parkersburg half but yeah there's not there's not many yeah well that was just you know part of the draw I said you know let's and 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 the idea is to be able to get runners talented runners from other places to come in here and want to run for that too so you know it really wasn't it wasn't hard pitch man we took this vision you know for the race uh, that people will travel in for a distance that's unique to the state a prize purse that's unique to the state we went to Scott Edwards, who gets these trails and what a draw they are, and said, and we need some help. And will you put up the prize purse? And he didn't, he didn't hesitate, man. He, he did it because he knows he gets what this is doing and the impact that it can have, not only for now, but, but in the future, too. So the prize purse is something. So we have $1,500 for the top um, woman and top male. 750 for second place for both and then 375 for third and then for the relay teams we have 750 each for the three categories which is all female all male and co-ed uh, and by the way we do not have an all-female team yet it's all male and all in co-ed so far so ladies that are out there listening to me and sign up and come and run for the money you're gonna gonna double up your uh, you're gonna get your money back and then some 
too. So not only that, but we're doing age group awards. We have um, prizes from Gully River Pottery. We're doing top three men and women in 10 year age groups, starting at 29 down and then going 60 and over. So we've got some very unique prizes from the state of West Virginia and Gully River Pottery. So there's there's going to be no there's going to be no shortage of prizes of great swag. I'm wearing a right now um, a, a zip up hoodie. Uh, we have it both in camo, kind of consistent with the West Virginia tradition too, and gray, also in women's fit because we're a Trail Sisters um, approved gray. So everything equal, equal starting line, equal prize money, women's fit. We even have for our ladies. Um, your very own porta pot at the start, and I'm putting a threatening sign up there for all the dudes. Man, do not use <laughs> the dude. Steer, steer clear. Maybe, maybe we'll even have tasers around for those guys. That <laughs> want to push that too. So serious about making this a, a great event for our women too. So, um, you know, string packs, uh, a finisher's pint at the end of this thing. So, you know, this just we're trying to make this. And I heard Bob say it, and it's great advice: is that this is going to be, you know, if you take care of the runner. The runners have a great time. And, you know, I don't know how many people show up for this first one. I'm not entirely sure. We, we're going to put on a good event no matter what. And when we put on a good event, um, the word will get out and, and people will come. So first year is a building year. And after that, and we hope it comes and, and just people say, hey, are you going to Hurricane again? It just Hurricane becomes synonymous with, with the 100K. And I know this is a big dream, but same way Leadville is, you know, are you going to Leadville? I mean, why do people say that? They're either going for the run or the mountain bike, depending on your community. So it just gets referred to as that the name of the town and the race are synonymous. And that that's really what we're hoping for out of this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love you talking about the Trail Sisters and everything that you guys are doing for that as well. You know, it's really cool seeing uh, at at Rim to River, you know, they had the start line where you have all the females on one side, all the males on the other. You don't really realize how, like, how mean some guys are, not even, even like knowing that they're doing it, but they, they automatically just go to the front. And some ladies are just, they don't want to deal with it. You know, they don't want to have to deal with, you know, elbowing some guy to get up to the front or trying to pass guys. So this is a perfect opportunity for them to have equal you know, access to the starting line, whereas, you know, most other races, they get pushed to the back and have to get around the fat, slow guys who thought they could do uh, run a lot faster. So, <laughs> you know, this is great. And, you know, the, the bathroom itself, that's another big thing, too, because, you know, uh, porta bodies are always never fun, but it does help a little bit more when you have your own rather than trying to share it with all 200 runners or whatever. Oh, so. Dudes peeing all over seats and everything else, you know, not caring, not lifting the lid, not putting it back down. Yeah. So we'll have one. We'll have just one for ladies. You know, I've, I've got my little girl um, who's 14 now is played basketball and volleyball in her middle school team. They won both the volleyball, their conference championship and their basketball championship. And they went undefeated in basketball. It's the first undefeated season their school had had since like the mid eighties. And that was like a JV team. Dude, not, I'm telling you, you know, I'd never really given it. I, and I, I'm, I'll be perfectly honest and transparent. I've never really given it much thought. But they did something nobody else had done, and they didn't get nearly the recognition. Because oh, yeah. They're girls, maybe because they're middle school. But if it had been a boys team that done it, and I'm not, they gave them some recognition, but not to the extent that, that I thought that they should. Yeah. And I can see it in her face that it hurts when they have pep rallies, and they're primarily for the boys. They're not for the girls. It hurts, and it's not—it's not fair. So, I mean, we want this to be—we want this to be a race that women want to show up to, as well, and and um, and feel welcomed and appreciated, and 
and they've got a fair shake. And, you know, you take somebody like Holly Ann, I mean, she is, and there are a lot of women out there like it. And you don't have to be fast to do it. She's just fast and tough. But she has given the men a run for their money. You know, finishing up third overall at, at Highlands at a very competitive race. You know, she's, she just is, there's not going to be too long. She wins one of these races outright. Yep. Uh, since I try to run most of my races with her, uh, hopefully it's not one I run, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll happen one day. I've told her that before. I'm like, I, I'm really excited for the day it does happen. Cause I'll, I'll smile when you pass by me and then I'll, you know, cry a little bit, but at least it'll be a, it'll be a good cry, not a bad cry. Well, listen, it's either going to be because, you know, look, you guys are buddies. So she's either she's either kicking, kicking it hard or you're falling apart. Either way, you're going to be happy for it. No matter yeah, what. exactly. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be cool when it happens. I look forward yeah. to seeing well, it. I will say, you know, some of so the Western states, uh, you know, media is the same guy, Dylan Bowman, who's you know, great ultra runner. He also did the media and stuff for the Gorge, Gorgeous 100K, Gorgeous Waterfall 100K uh, up there in uh, Oregon. And it was so exciting watching the women's race the whole day. I, I can barely remember who won the men, but the yeah. women's race was so cool. And yeah, I, had, I, I was cheering on Holly Ann the whole time. You know, she was in the lead for a while and then, you know, went through some, you know, some low points where she was struggling getting nutrition in. But like, I just remember being so excited watching this live stream. And I, I think a lot of people are like that. As long as you give them the exposure that they deserve, the women's races are just as exciting, if not more exciting than the men. You know, and I'm a, I'm a track and cross country coach as well. I don't even watch the men's races half the time whenever we don't have our men in them. Um, but the women's race, it, the whole track meet I'm watching. Uh, it's just, there's just something special about it. So you have a soft spot for the for the women's side and for what the trail sisters are doing, you know. So I'm really excited to see that the Hurricane Hunter K is doing that as well. Yeah, you know, my, my wife is is 49. She just did her first 50 miler. And um, I mean, she's the women are are tough. Now, and and it's like I was talking to I was saying this to somebody a couple of weekends ago. I said something about, you know, could you take it? I said, look, they have given birth. Do you understand what that means? They are so much tougher than we are now i mean you know and and so it i love i love seeing him out there tough it out and to watch him do it over and over again especially these women what they what they do and raising families um raising kids you know the way that their body what they have to go through and there are a lot of tough freaking mothers out there too and i think it's absolutely impressive and i you know hands down we want to give them all the support that, that they can stand out there too. Just let them know that they're, you know, again, that they're loved and appreciated. Love to see it. Yep. All right. As we wind down, I do have a couple more questions for you. And on that same topic, how fast do you think this course can be? Let's start with the females. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in that nine hour range, you know, I, and I'm kind of using, I'm kind of using Holly Ann there. And I don't know if it's a little plus or minus in the nine hours. Um, and, and I don't think she's far behind the dudes. I think, I think the guys are, you know, can be in the, in the eight and a half, you know, plus or minus in there too. I mean, get out there and, and smoke it. Um, I think that's certainly doable. And, you know, I always think of a, I think of a, um, a good hundred K time is a lot of times, like some hundred K's they have a, 
you know, if you can get them under 15 hours, um, you know, you get your special belt buckle. That's kind of like the 24 hour equivalent, I think for yeah, hundred milers in the 15 range. Um, that's why I think, I think the women will be in the, in the nine ish. And I think the, the guys will be eight and a half. I think Holly Ann will be in the, in the nine ish. And I'm hoping that there's some women that come up to try and challenge her too. So that's yeah, what Ron, what do you think? Ah, well, uh, obviously a little biased, um, but yes, actually around there, uh, I was thinking around nine fifteen to nine, like 40 ish. It really depends on the weather. Uh, that's the biggest, you know, factor going into this race. If it was a cool, crisp, you know, 40 degree day, that's going to make it a whole lot faster. Um, but just the, uh, you know, just the trail itself. Yeah. I could definitely see, you know, a girl like her, girl like you know Rachel Spalding, Sarah Beal, some of the in, girls in that category, women I should say, you know they're definitely capable of running that fast. And then on the men's side, yeah, I was you know I'm hoping to be in, you know in the mix there. Uh, Eight thirty would be fantastic. Uh, I do think anything under nine would be good. You know, I'd be very excited yeah. about. But yeah, nine thirty was kind of the thing, uh, the pace in my head I was hoping for. But we'll see. I mean, it's you know, it's going to be a lot tougher than what we think because it always is. Um, but it also depends if it's how competitive a race it is. So we need to get as many good, fast people as we can because that's just going to drive the paces down. You know, especially on the last three laps, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be you know, throwing surges, trying to plan everything. You know, to so hopefully that you're spending your last penny right as you cross the finish line. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And I do you know, think I, too. I'm just trying to put a carrot out there for you. You know, originally I was thinking in that in that nine hour range, but you know, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You, you you fast dudes, man, to be down in that when I say eight thirty plus or minus, you know, eight forty five, eight, eight fifty. I always think plus or minus fifteen to twenty minutes. But I don't wanna I don't wanna cut you short either. I don't wanna, you know, you or 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 the ladies. So I'm I'm holding out high hopes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it'd be cool because if there's times to happen and being a loop course like it is, I think that could garner some like attention to possibly becoming like a USATF championship race if you wanted it to. Yeah, uh, right. Because I do know I've talked to the uh, director of the USATF uh, chapter in West Virginia and the ultra trail scene is becoming one of the biggest parts of their uh, of their chapter. And he's all he wants to find an East Coast race where they could do that type of stuff. So uh, this could happen, you know. You know, I, Adam Cassidy asked me about it, too. And I said, dude, I love it because, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if we talked about this, but, you know, I, I have I have I've laid out this course and I've sweat this course and I've run this course many times with different devices and I've wheeled it with an engineering wheel twice. So I've wheeled the, you know, the, the 10.3. It is so, so difficult to nail that, that distance, but I think it's as close as to hundred K as, as we can get. Um, a lot of GPSs read right on. Mine's always short, all trails is high, but when I wheeled it, I think it's, I think it's spot on that 10.33 that we need. Mm-hmm. Tough to do on the trails, but I know yeah. they want an accurate course and I think we've got it. And I've, I've sweated, you know, the, the devil's in the details. The details make it good. And, and so the detail of the course, because, you know, if you got six loops, man, and you're off, you know, three-tenths of a mile, that's two miles. To me, it's short or long, either way, I don't want it that way. Yeah. You know, it's four-tenths. So <laughs> the more you're off when you're doing the loop, it, it just exponentially is off, too. I think it's pretty daggone close. 
Yeah, and all GPSs will be a little bit different anyway. So I think it's pretty spot on. I'm, I'm prepared for that. Somebody come across and telling me it was 64 and somebody else 60. And exactly. <laughs> that blows my mind. You know, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's whatever. It's just, if you run that yeah. far, certainly you can deal with an extra, a, a two a two mile margin one way or the other. Yeah. All right. Well, just to close, it's been a great uh, interview and everything. I mean, love talking to you. I mean, we could talk for hours, but yeah. I just want to say how special this race is, not only because it's a hometown race, you know, that I grew up in Hurricane, but one of the coolest things is my dad's running again. And, you know, we like to run our races together. Uh, but this one will be even more special being that we're from Hurricane. You know, we, all, we grew up here. And this will be both of our first 100Ks. So this is going to be a really cool experience. And I'm just thankful that you gave, you gave us or have given us this opportunity to once again, you know, prove that the Bowen, the Bowen clan might be the best father-son duo that we can be. And uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully we can you know, both finish and have a, have a great time. But there's, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, that the Bowen father-son combination is, is the best in West Virginia. And if somebody thinks we're wrong, then come and prove it because <laughs> you two, um, both are smoking. Your dad still moves and moves very, very well. And I, I love it too. So, you know, if people don't know about it and maybe, I don't know if you can link it, send them to our website. We've got, I did an interview with you about the race and with your dad about the race. And we really talk more about, you know, the father son relationship and we get in with your dad and it, it's pretty special. I mean, because I, my dad runs. Um, he was my first coachee. I know how special that is. I want my son. I, I hope to grow up and my son, Charlie, run these races. I hope I'm still running when he's old enough to do this, too. So, you know, having that aspect of it, knowing that we, again, are kind of, you know, not kind of, we're, we're made for community. We're made for each other, made for relationships and family. And having you all there to run this first 100K in your hometown is pretty remarkable. Yeah. And every race I run, yeah, I do it to make him proud. So I hope we can do that again. Well, my man, I know he is. There's no doubt about that. And uh, and I know you're proud of him too. And that's, that's a, um, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, thank you for everything. I appreciate your time and uh, I appreciate you, you know, dealing with all of our technical difficulties before we started, but uh you know, definitely excited for this 100K in September, and uh, you know, we'll see you there. All right, Caleb. Thank you, man. Thanks for the opportunity. See everybody out there. <laughs>